Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. On the Behind the Mask podcast, we have some of the greatest athletes to ever play the game and some of your well-known celebrities. We are discussing a wide range of topics including fatherhood, relationships, business ventures, social issues, and untold stories. On the Behind the Mask podcast, there's only one rule. There are no rules. I mean, Kobe Brown was a very special person. I mean, you can just tell the impact he had on the world. I mean, even when you're shooting in the trash can, people yelling Kobe, that just that just shows, like, the impact that he had on people. And then, like, you saw, even when he retired, like, how he represented the WNBA. Like, he was one of, like, the pioneers that was really pushing the WNBA. And then his, his, uh, his daughter, I mean, she was... She was a great player as well. I mean, she was easily going to make it to the league. Let's go behind the mask. Welcome back to another special edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I'm your host, Akio Spikes. Very special episode today because the co-host is back and he goes by the name of... Your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Reyes, in the building. He had strep throat last week, y'all. You was hanging out with Sam Donald. I'm just telling you, <laughs> even though you did not have mono. Hey, man, you got to relax. Got to relax. It was just a little 24-hour bug. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't project with this Barry White melodious voice that all our fans are used to. But I'm back now. Season 2, Episode 2, I'm back. And it's a special episode right now. It's a special episode because it's Season 2, Episode 2. And we have my home team in the building Hells from the greatest county of Georgia. It goes by Waco. Better yet, a better known as Washington County. Give it up for WNBA. All everything. Alicia Gray. Boom, boom, boom. What's happening? Welcome to the Behind the Mask podcast. Thank you for having me. Listen, I, I know you could have... You know, you do a lot. I know you do a lot all the time. You could have spent your day doing whatever you wanted to do, and it means a lot to us, to the fans, the listeners out there, that you decided to give us a little bit of your time. So, Alicia, we really do appreciate you coming through. Uh, typically, I listen, I know you're busy, but, like, what do you do? Like, what did you do today? I went and played pickup with my brother. Oh, so 2K. you went and got a little practice pickup ball in. Yeah, grind on stop. Hey, you did your brother today, though, huh? No, we were was, was teammates. Ah, okay. We team up now. We older. Now Younger we got, is a different story. We, we got to get we got to get the people a little backstory here now. Your brother, A.J. Gray, standout Gatorade player, player of the year, year in Georgia. For Georgia. Georgia Tech, all everything. So I know that household had to be competitive as, as you know, growing up. Oh, yeah, it was very competitive. It it really started our oldest brother, Marlo. Mm-hmm. Like, he was always the big dog, so we always wanted to beat him. But then me and AJ, we were closer to age. Like, we were so competitive. Like, we would try to see who drank milk the fastest, who can get, <laughs> <laughs> who can get to the car the fastest, race, basketball. We'd literally be, like, almost fighting. Like, my dad, like, he had to break us up and all that. We used to do a lot. See who can eat. Sandwiches the fastest, like who, who all that won, stuff. Though? I mean, it was it was even, but then as we got older, I, I took over on basketball. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I can tell you one thing y'all probably didn't try to have a competitive race, uh, well, a competitive deal towards. Right. Who could hold their breath the longest? Oh, yeah, we did that too. Especially right. in the swimming pool. We'd be on the water so you can hold your breath the longest. Well, both of y'all are still living, so somebody, nobody <laughs> won, right? <laughs> somebody had to give up. I think it's dope just to have a sibling close in age, you know what I'm saying? And, and it shows your competitive nature. Obviously, to, to all the success you had in high school, on the college, on the WNBA. So having a brother that close in age that you competed with, what are some of the things that were your motivation? You know, what are some of the things that I should say provided motivation for you growing up? Uh, I mean, just having a younger brother, knowing that he looked up to you. I mean, I knew I had to be the best me. I mean, he basically watched everything that I did. I mean, we were, we were so tight. Like, we were hip by hip. Like, people thought we were twins growing up. That's how close we were, and we're still close to this day. But, I mean, that competitive nature, that that, that thing's something else, boy. <laughs> <laughs> that thing's something else. It just takes over, and you just got to let it do what it do, right? That's playing Xbox controllers be flying. I'm launching that thing. I'm losing. <laughs> <laughs> it's been several times I've been kicked off Xbox. I'm slamming controllers on the ground. Oh, oh yeah. I'm, I'm competitive. I hate losing. What's what's one of your favorite games? Uh, Call of Duty and 2K, NBA 2K. Yeah. Favorite team? Who, do you assemble your own team? Uh, I mean, me and my brother, we play in the neighborhood. Me and my brother, my boyfriend, we we play in the neighborhood. We have our own my players, so we be grinding them so we can win in the park. We playing three on three. See, I be cheating, man. <laughs> <laughs> I be cheating. It be family and up. Yeah, I already know. Talk about family, and you know, you talk about that competitive drive, like that nature. Your father used to be a high school basketball coach, and that's where the love of the game or where you fell in love with the game at that time. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess from seeing him being that coach, that kind of gave you some motivation to like, okay, this is what it looks like or ch- or share with us. Like how did that, um, how was that influence on your mindset? Just seeing that day in and day out, what your father was doing. It was one of those things where I was kind of like, it was one of those things where I had no choice but to play basketball. Cause after school, me and my brother ride the bus over, and while my dad practiced himself like a little sago, me and him, we played one-on-one the whole practice. So I just grew up around basketball, and even, like, during, you know, they have, like, summer basketball camps. I used to travel with him to all the camps. So it was like I had no choice but to play basketball. When growing up, who was uh, – did you find a player that you looked up to? I mean, either WNBA, NBA, college. Was this somebody that you was like, this is who I want to pattern my game after? Uh, growing up, I was a big Diana Taurasi fan. I yeah. mean, even, like – I remember back in the 360 days, I think it was called the game NBA Home Court. They had a couple of the WNBA legends on there, and I was, I love Diana Taurasi, and you, I'm just a big Diana Taurasi fan. What was it about her game that you love so much? She's just vicious. I mean, she don't take no crap on the court. It's like mm-hmm. when she on the court, like, it's over. Like, she's so serious. Like, she's not trying to lose none of that, and I like that mentality. Did you give that to your brother, AJ? Oh, yeah. You know. He's in the studio right now. I know. He over there. Yeah, he know. <laughs> he know he everything know I'm saying. 100% true. 100? 100. That's all I know. <laughs> you you talked about it and in, in previous years um, what Coach Don Staley meant to you and to your career as far as her being organized and, and, and making kids, developing kids when they come into her arena and sending them to the next level. Talk about her influence of just being on the court and off the court in your life? I mean, she's just a player's coach. I mean, 
she cares about you as a person outside of athletics. I mean, to this day, I can still hit her up, and she's there for me at any time. But, I mean, going to South Carolina, I mean, she molds you into a WNBA player. I mean, of course, she's a WNBA legend, Hall of Famer. So everything she does, I mean, you know she's preparing for the next level. And I think that's what helped me be successful, especially during my rookie year, going into the league my rookie year. And you said uh, Coach Daly coached you at South Carolina, mm-hmm. but you started off at North Carolina, mm-hmm. right? So <laughs> I know there was a little, you know, it was a change along the way. <laughs> Talk about that experience. You you started off at, at with North Carolina Tar Heels, mm-hmm. chose that school coming out of high school, and then decided to jump shift to the SEC <laughs> and went to uh, South Carolina. Yeah. And they won a natty too, a though. Natty, oh though. yeah, mm-hmm. off the rip. Well, I, the reason why I chose North Carolina because it was me, Diamond, Stephanie Mavonga, well, Diamond and Shields, Shields Stephanie yeah. Mavonga, and Jessica Washington. I mean, we all teamed up, and we all wanted to play at one school together. Granted, it didn't work, but, I mean, freshman year was fun. I mean, then after my sophomore year, we all, like, part our own ways. But, I mean, while being in North Carolina, it was a it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. And then why, how did South Carolina come into play as saying, you know what, out of all, you were heavily recruited out of high school, so you could have went anywhere. Mm-hmm. So after that, after North Carolina, that didn't work out. Why South Carolina? Because uh, of Coach Staley. And it was close to home, too. I know if I want to transfer schools. I mean, granted, my parents still drove mm-hmm. to, like, they never, like, missed the game. They would drive five hours up on a weekday and just turn around and go right back home. That's how that's how dedicated they were and supportive they are. But choosing South Carolina, I just knew that going there, I had a good chance of winning a championship, and I did that. So this this is one question. So Spice has a daughter, Jakai. She competes. Uh, my son Tyreek competed. He plays sports. Maya plays sports. London plays sports. So your parents travel, right? They travel to see you. So it might have been a game where you just didn't do well. Because mm-hmm. I know when me and Spice, when our kids don't do well, we like, man, what the hell we wasted our time for coming over here? Pissed. Pissed. Man, did you ever have a, a situation where, you know, you just didn't perform and then you had to meet the... You had to face your parents, so to speak. After the game. Did I? What? <laughs> Man. And even in high school, like, you know, my dad was a high school principal, so he had a lot of more access to places. So I remember uh, <laughs> I remember my my junior year was playing Glen Hills, and it was like seven Division One coaches at the game, and I wasn't having, like, the best first half. So I go in the locker room, Coach Parker yelling at me, and then next thing you know, he like, Stay right there. Your daddy about to come in there. My daddy tore me to pieces, boy. <laughs> but that woke me up because I dropped 40 that game, though. But, Ooh, she but dropped yeah, 40. like, it was like when I had bad games, I mean, my parents, like, they would get on me. Not only am I hearing it from the coach, but I'm on a car ride home. Like, I used to hate when the buzzer sound I ain't play with because I just knew I was going to hear it the whole ride home. But now looking back at it, I know they mean well. I mean, because of what they're doing, because of what they've done to me, I mean, I'm successful now, so I understand now. But when I was younger, I I didn't really understand that. So that's part of the motivation, though. Yeah. Yeah, looking back and 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 to be able to walk away and say you're a national champion, and you know just to catch our listeners up, a little little bit of brief background. Um, you won the Natty at Carolina. You go on to the WNBA. You left early. Went there, first-round selection, pick number four overall. Go out. Your coach told you, do what you do. Do not change anything. You walk away winning rookie of the year. 
Now, fast forward this previous year, you had career highs in all stat sheets and numbers. What drives you when you get on that court, regardless of whoever you're playing, and you just say, you know what, regardless of how much success I've seen, I'm going to tear your head off? Because I hate losing. I'm a sore loser, and I just hate being outperformed. So it's whoever I'm, I'm going against, they guard me. I just try my best to beat them as much as I can because we may lose and stuff, but I just know I'm like, I ain't going to let you score and be the star while <laughs> yeah. we lost. But this it's just my competitive nature. Like, I just hate losing. Even though, like, some games you lose, and I just hate it, but I just know, like, it's just within me. Like, I just know every game we're going to win. Mm-hmm. Was there any player when you finally got to the league where you said, you know what, this is somebody I may have watched coming up, or this is somebody I'm like, wow, this is, you know, a Diana Taurasi or, you know, Lisa Leslie, anybody, some of, some of the, 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 the big-time players. Who was that player for you when you stepped on the court? You were like, man, this is a legend right here. I got to go at her. Like, I can't mess this up. <laughs> Diana Taurasi, I remember uh... – uh, they was our first game of my rookie year, and I walk out, and I'm just warming up, and I see Diana Tarazi like, come out, and I literally stop my warming. <laughs> I walk to half court, and I just watch her warm, and I'm like, dang, like, I idolize this woman, like, growing up and stuff, and then I'm like, dang, I got to play against her. I got to guard her, and she's so unpredictable because, like, you can't go under no screens on her. I mean, once I went under, I paid for it, but coach chewed me out. <laughs> but, I mean, it was just it was just great playing against her because it was definitely a legend, somebody I looked up to. Did you ask any questions throughout the game? Uh, you know, just any, did you get any tools, any knowledge from her throughout the game, or you just kind of scared, kind of shook still? Yeah, I was a shy person, but I, tell you, I, I think I did earn my respect, though, because now she know my name, and the first time uh, she came down the court, and she had, she was like, great, because everybody called me great in the mm. league. Bye-bye, pee my pants. I'm like, oh, she know who I am. Like, I'm like, she know my name. Like, that's probably the most starstruck I've ever been. But, I mean, now being around her more, she's a real cool person. Now, granted, now you had your, your, your star rookie moment or your moment of awe of seeing somebody, like, who you idolize. Now, going into your fourth year and – uh, also, congratulations on making the three-on-three Olympic qualifying tournament teams. Mm-hmm. You guys leave and go to India, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, you're right. So, uh, congratulations on like. Let's talk about that though. That's huge you, with the opportunity. Even though we know, like, okay, you go to the Olympics. The Olympics is held in Japan. No, China. Tokyo. Tokyo. Oh, yeah. That's where that coronavirus is <laughs> nah, at, right? It's in. It's in. It's in China. Well, all right. It ain't the same, bro. No, it's yeah, not the same. Ahead. Yeah. <laughs> I can't with you. <laughs> you see what you're trying to do, right? You're trying to bring it back to last week. You being out with strep throat. It's not going to work, man. My shoulder's been to come out your throat, dog. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm cutting it short right now because I know you. You're not doing that to me on season two, episode two. Not happening. Go ahead. Okay. He ain't going to do it. <laughs> hey, hey, I, I ain't got nothing to say. <laughs> he forgot. No, I did not forget. You stop it. Now, we were talking about the coronavirus over there because of what you had. Three, on, the, three on three. Three on three. Yeah. Yeah. That's where it all stemmed from. Mm-hmm. So, all right. 
You're about to be on a three or three U.S. Olympic qualifying team. Yeah. So talk about that experience. What does that mean to you? Because you were in um, what was it high school uh, U.S. national team three on three as well, right? Yeah, but I got injured, so I wasn't able to compete. Okay. Yeah. But you're there. You got qualified. You made it. Yeah. Okay. So how how was that? Um, I guess how was that experience from high school to now? I mean, it was fun because it was kind of bummer because uh, in high school. I uh, I was there. I made the U18 national team and the three-on-three three team. And that was the very first one. But I didn't get to compete because I tore my ACL, MCL, meniscus going into my senior year. Right. So then for this to be able to come back full circle is is pretty cool to me because now the this is the first three-on-three three Olympic qualifying team that I get to play for. So that's cool, too. So it just shows how, how blessed I am as well. But it was a process. Uh, we went to train camp for two days. Uh, it was eleven players in total, and from there they chose four people, and I was one of them. That's that's a huge honor, especially being able to go represent and and uh, just the 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 amount of eyes that's gonna pause and be like, let me see what they're talking about and how they're gonna represent the country, mm -hmm. though. So I, I have no doubt in my mind that you guys will do well. Thank you. Um, you know, one thing I wanna I wanna get into. Gotta ask you about this. With the new CBA extension uh, that you guys just finished up the negotiation a few months ago. And, um, you know, everybody is like, especially if they don't follow the game, they was like, well, I heard the women from the WNBA saying, we need more, we need more, we need certain things. And now that the deal is done, uh, I was shocked to surprise when I took a deeper dive in it, you know, just even from the travel standpoint. Uh, I knew that you guys would be on a plane with everybody else, but I did not know that normally tickets wouldn't be in first class or even in economy comfort, depending on the certain airline that you will be riding in. Mm -hmm. So that was, so that was pretty much legit. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we literally didn't like when we flew, we didn't sit first class. We didn't sit like Delta comfort plus. I mean, we just kind of, blended in with, like, the general public, and the new CVA has allowed us to be at least comfortable on the flights. Yeah, because I was, you know, I was just doing some reading, and one of the notes that I had took, it said it's poised to provide major imp improvements in pay and benefits to the players and league officials and make sure they will, um, I guess, put a priority on the athletes right inside of the game from a pay perspective. Uh, can you kind of share, like, is it more so or is it more so all about the cash or are they doing something in other increments on the side that it kind of comes up to a total cash value that made you guys decide, like, you know what, this deal is a good deal for us for right now? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of things has changed. As you can see, the uh, the cap went up where players earned a, a lot more than what they were earning. But it was one of those things where it's like people would give, like, us a hard time about wanting more. We're not saying we want billions. We just deserve more than what we're making. And it just, the new CBA allows us to at least make a little bit more money. So you feel like throughout the course of the WNBA and and th th there are other professional women's leagues, right? Mm -hmm. But this is the WNBA and, and clearly a partnership with the NBA. Do you ever feel like, you know what, we're not getting our fair share 
or we're not getting our fair notoriety as we should, as the NBA players do, as the guys do? I mean, honestly, I don't feel that way because the league is still fairly young. I mean, everybody has to start from the bottom and build that way up, and the WNBA are doing many things to allow us to elevate on a higher platform where we're also, well, this season we're getting more, like, broadcasting views and stuff like that where we're able to let people know more about the game. So I think we're on the way up. I mean, everybody has to start from the bottom, but the WNBA is definitely on the way to the top. And you're talking about broadcasting. That's one of your, one of your things, isn't it? Yeah, That's broadcast journalism. Yeah, yeah, broadcast yeah. journalism. Hold See, on. Look. I thought you did. I, it wasn't broadcast journalism. When you finished, you got your degree in, right? Yeah, broadcast journalism. What was it in the beginning when you first decided to go? Did, was it was it always broadcast journalism? Well, when I was at North Carolina, it was communications. But then when I got a soccer, I was able to get into broadcasting school. <laughs> <laughs> I like broadcast journalism. So, 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 why that didn't happen in Carolina? Man, they got a whole lot of lot of hoops and everything you got to go through, and yeah, the the curriculum is different. Okay, okay, yeah. right on there. What what drew you to to broadcast journalism? Because I mean, Tequila and I, we've we were business majors, and we kind of almost fell into broadcasting but what what drew you to, to to broadcast journalism honestly i ain't know what else to choose honestly <laughs> <laughs> i ain't know what i want to mention and then our uh academic advisor he was like well why don't you try broadcasting because i always like i wasn't the person that like being in front of the camera but going through the class stuff like i i enjoy it now it's fun but i like i was like being behind the camera like i know like the production stuff. Like, I ran a couple shows and stuff like that. So I want to be more of, like, a producer, director and play that role. But honestly, I didn't know what else to choose. So I just chose broadcast journalism. And you, like, you you aspire to, to be a uh, producer one day, I guess, when your playing career is over? Yeah. Well, right now, I don't mind being in front of the camera. I might be a little analyst or something. You know, they, they, you shining right now. Yeah. Yeah. Rookie of the year, you know what I'm saying? 303 Olympics. And Shining on him. <laughs> but let me ask you this. You you left early. Three years, you left out. And uh, after leaving, you did not graduate. And it was important for you to go back because of your, your mom and dad. Mm-hmm. I guess the standard that I'm assuming is the standard, because I know them, the standard <laughs> that they set. Um, it wasn't important for me because mm-hmm. I left early too. And I remember my mom telling me, she was saying, Boy, you better take your ass back to school. <laughs> and I used to be like, "Well, what you talking about? Like, you go to school to make money." Shout and out she to was Mama like, Spikes. Then she she would look at me and she shake her head, and she was like, "You better take your damn ass back to school." <laughs> she was like, "You." I was like, "I saved my money." She was like, "Yeah, but the big thing is you need to be able to figure out how to create and make more ways to get money." And so. um you know, by us going through those little spats, I looked at it was important for you to go back. Uh, why was that? Expand on that for us. Uh, well, it was kind of funny because I almost missed the, the draft deadline. So we won a national championship, and, like, I didn't know the deadline was, like, the next day that we landed. So I literally had, like, three hours to decide if I wanted to, wow. go, like, declare for the draft or not. So I talked to my dad, saw where I fell along where I possibly could get drafted at. And after that, I was like, I talked to my academic advisor, and he was like, 
whether you leave or stay, you'll still graduate on the same time. So at he said, I was like, oh, I'm out. Like, I'm out. So <laughs> I'm out. So then, so even like during my rookie year, I was taking online classes. I was doing like taking class, doing my rookie and all that stuff. But my parents, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm going to let you go, but you're going to get that degree. So after that, I just came back and finished my degree off. How did it feel? What was more rewarding for you and for your parents? Was it hearing your name called for the draft, or was it getting that degree? Um, I'll say get my name called for the draft. Because <laughs> <laughs> that was a childhood dream of mine. Okay, okay. To hear that, because the whole time I'm nervous, I'm sweating. And then you like before you get drafted, the camera cuts on. So the camera mm-hmm. comes on my table and it cuts on. I'm like, oh snap, I'm about to get it's drafted. Yeah. <laughs> when I got out, my whole hands was sweating and all that stuff. But yeah, I'm choosing uh, getting drafted now. I would because I got my name called across the stage in middle school and high school. I'm used to that. <laughs> <laughs> But, but hey, how has life changed when you look at it now? You're going into your fourth year, and uh, we talked about the three-on-three three three Olympics, having the opportunity to represent Team USA. Like, how has like what is life like now when you see that little girl, that first time that little girl saw you, and the same way you held in high regard Diana Taurasi and respect, now they look at you that way. What was that first reaction like when you saw that? Uh, I was I was I was at wow because like to me I feel like a normal human but to other people I'm I'm different but it just motivates me to keep working hard because I know that little girl is looking up to me and like want to be like me one day so I mean the little kids keep me motivated and I, that's why I also like to keep a positive image cause, you know little kids pick up on everything that you do so I just try to keep a positive image and stay motivated and keep working hard. You graduated after that first season or while you were. In, during the season? I, um, well, I left, I graduated in 2018, so I left, I left training camp, went home to graduate, had to fly out right after graduation and play a game the next day. Dang. <laughs> Damn. You talk about doing a lot. Hold on, say that again now. You, <laughs> you, you left training camp. Mm-hmm. After you left, you left training camp. Went to graduation. Soon as you graduated, you had to jump right back on the plane mm-hmm. and fly back, and because I had a game the next day. Actually, me and my best friend Adrian Wilson, we were playing yeah. against each other, and we graduated together. So we both, after graduation, had to go right to the airport, fly back to Texas, and then we played <laughs> against each other the next day. Wow. That's a, that's the story. That's <laughs> Only on behind the mask you get stories like this. That's why you got to stay tuned. <laughs> So how was it? I mean, I mean, talk about the game then. Like, what, what what were some of the emotions going on? It was it the graduation? Was it the drive? Was it the game? What was it? I don't know. I just want to beat her. I mean, <laughs> every time we play against each other, it's, it's all about bragging rights. Anytime I face up against any of my my friends in the league, it's, it's all about bragging rights. Cause whoever lose got to buy dinner after the game. That's, that's we your, running that check up too, boy. We <laughs> on so, desserts, appetizers, all that. So, so in, in in our league in the NFL, we have like rookie dinners for 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 all the rookies, and we give them the business. We make sure that they pay for everything that, you know, every position group 
has to uh, that wants to order. So, do you guys in the WNBA do you have like rookie dinners or, or hazing? Because a lot of people don't know what mm-hmm. really goes on behind the scenes with the WNBA. So, so what's that? What's that rookie life like? Actually, uh, I was lucky because our veterans was cool. I mean, we had to do like some stuff like carry the like bags and or like cut on the showers at the practice. Our veterans was good. <laughs> I don't know what the other veterans doing on the other team, but they was good at they'll take us out to dinner, pay for our dinner and stuff like that. So I was lucky to have good veterans. Yeah, you really did yeah. have some good vets. <laughs> they trying to cut hair and you know and, and what what else? What else they do? Tape you to goal oh, Tape you to goal Tape you to goal post and then throw ice on you. Oh, then no. get the popcorn, put it all in your car. In your car. So when you get ready to get off most guys ain't well now they have 10 on the windows yeah. but as soon as you open that car door popcorn popcorn everywhere. coming all out <laughs> and oh no none of that no nah, i ain't never had none that happened to me we had good veterans we oh, had nice I'm veterans lucky, man. I'm lucky. <laughs> so did you have to take the vets out at all Mm-mm. i need to talk to those veterans. <laughs> yeah, they were nice wnba y'all gotta y'all gotta step it up on these rookies. That's what y'all got it. <laughs> so let me ask you this. The veterans were cool on you. So mm-hmm. now this is your fourth year in the yeah. WNBA. You're a veteran now. So what <laughs> do you do to the rookies that are coming in? I'm actually chill because, like, I just look. I'm like, man, like, I ain't get treated like that. So I ain't going to treat them like that. Some people did. They like, oh, they treat us like. Trash, so I'm gonna treat them like trash, but I was treated nice, so I treat, I treat, I'll treat the rookies nice too. You don't make them pay for no dinners or nothing. You... Nah. Even breakfast. Nah. Do they carry? They carry your bags though, right? Yeah, I mean they carry like the equipment stuff, stuff like that. Do you put their clothes in the cold tub? Because that's what we used to do too. You, you take Man, their clothes nah, ain't none of that happening. Them, put them in the cold tub, and then they gotta go get them, and they can't get dressed. Cause uh, y'all just mean. <laughs> oh, let me tell you the worst thing. This is a good story. Right? So this one time, like this was really wrong. Like I'm even, I shouldn't even be telling this story. <laughs> we get this dude's jeans, and you know that old school cream Dunger. of Jesus, cream Dungarines. of Jesus. Yeah, he they had them. I don't know if they, I don't know what kind of jeans they were, but he wore them like a couple of times. <laughs> We got that old school heat, you know, that heat that's red and yeah, look yeah. like Satan on a stick. Yeah. Man, we put it right on the seam as his jeans in the in inside the in the crotch. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. He did not talk to us for really for like five weeks. <laughs> like, and that was so wrong. See, and put, I'm sorry for like even doing that now, but y'all put the icy hot on his crap. So when he got dressed, yeah, he was walking his. his so, man, nah. he, he was walking and he said, "He was like, man, I still feel like I got on a job, <laughs> and we had forgot we did it, and so we just looked at each other and we were like, ah! <laughs> that was bad. Oh, that's bad, right? That's mean. Not no icy hot." So y'all, you didn't do nothing. Have you? What's the what's the craziest story of like maybe rookie hazing or something that you've heard in the WNBA? Honestly, I ain't heard none. You ain't heard none. I know. I be to myself. I I don't really. I be minding my business. I don't really. Yeah, I be chilling. I be laid back. I'm a laid back person. So you. So you. You um. You engaged? 
You're not engaged yet. Mm-mm. But you do. You mentioned your boyfriend earlier. Mm-hmm. So y'all hang out a lot. Yeah. We competitive too. I saw you. That's exactly where I was going to go with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just... Like so, so, so. Did you have to give him some edge? Did AJ have to give him some competitive edge, or he already had it and y'all just go after each other? Oh, he had it because he was an athlete in high school, so. It's all competitive. All I be around is competitive people. You and me, you got to be competitive. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That. And what if they're not? They just going to lose all the time because I like winning. <laughs> if you ain't competitive, that's on you. I'm going to be competitive. You just going to be mad at me because I'm going to talk trash. Love so I, I went to your Instagram and I saw there was a kickboxing uh match or something right mm-hmm. so what did, did you guys spar or what, what was that what, what did you guys do uh it's a gym called nine rounds so it's like a kickboxing gym and every every week they have like a weekly challenge that picture was like from like two years ago i beat him in like shin kicks but he recently got yeah, me in tough, the uh shin kicks yeah that's yeah. how you like how do you even compete at shin kicks <laughs> Y'all just holding each other's shin out there? No. You, gotta, you, you kicking you a kick, bag. You kick, kick a bag. Oh, you, you kicking kick a bag. bag. Yeah, but recently he he just won the uh, the challenge of the week, so he got to take a picture of the belt. But I was like, next But I won the following week. But now he just won this week, so, so I got to go. he's the champ. Yeah, right now, so I got to go try to beat his challenge. So if you beat him, can you make sure you send a copy so we don't make sure we put this in the show? And because uh, we want to see this. Oh, yeah, There's only if like I win. Yeah, if when I, you win. If I lose, y'all ain't, ain't sending nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. We'll scream, man. In the NBA, you know, we have some 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 great all-time players. Obviously, um, the untimely demise of, of, of Kobe Bryant um, is recent. And he's a generational player, once-in-a-generation player. Um, Spice and I just admire his his athletic ability, what he meant for the game, what he meant for for our lives coming up. Um, talk about a little bit, what did that mean to you? Did, did you follow him as a youngster? Um, you know, what did Kobe Bryant mean to you? Oh, yeah, I mean, Kobe Bryant was a very special person. I mean, you can just tell the impact he had on the world. I mean, even when you're shooting in a trash can, people yelling Kobe, that just, that just shows, like, the impact that he had on people. And then, like, you saw, even when he retired, like, how he represented the WNBA. Like, he was one of, like, the pioneers that was really pushing the WNBA. And then his his uh, his daughter, I mean, she was, she was a great player as well. I mean, she was easily going to make it to the league. But, I mean, I mean, it's, it's just sad. But, I mean, he was a very special person. Before we let you go, we got a couple of questions to ask you. Pretty good questions, too, by the way. If you had one opportunity to lace to lace them up and you say, you know what, I get to pick if it's a two-on-two and I get to pick my teammate regardless of gender, uh, decade, era that they played in, who would be your who would be your partner for a two-on-two match? Mm, that's tough. Ooh, my friend's gonna be mad at me for this answer, boy. <laughs> well, you can put them on the bench. That way they still on the team. <laughs> they could be on uh, reserve. <laughs> uh, um, you always can go the safe route when you go a different decade. They can be like, you wasn't born, so sorry. <laughs> Since oh, I know yeah, you're I'm a historian go, of the game. Yeah, I'm gonna go a, a different decade. 
So if I had to play with another player again, I'd choose Maya Moore. Mm. Maya Moore. Nice. She a doll. Came from UConn, right? Uh, yep. Why, why her? What about her game that, that really stood out to you to where you were like, you know what? I like that. I want. I, I like that, and I want that part of my game. If they, if you decided that she's unguardable, you can't predict none of her moves. Well, you could be like, all right, I know she's about to pull the three. She'll still pull the three. She the type of player that can tell you, I'm about to come down, pull the three in your face, and you know it's coming, and she'll still do it. I mean, she just, she just, she it. She that factor. Like she got it. She a hard player to guard too. Wow. Yeah, I'm choosing Maya Moore, yeah. Maya Moore. Yeah. We'll take that. Okay, Maya, you hear that. You hear that. <laughs> Next question. You've accomplished so much in a short time period. It's, 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 it's crazy. You know, winning a uh, state champion in high school, national champion in college, and now getting ready to make a run for a championship another season in the WNBA, and we can't forget about – um, the Olympic uh, qualifying team with the three-on-three. Three. So with all of that, if you had the opportunity, even though, not even if you had the opportunity, knowing that you accomplished so much, when you see little kids back in your hometown, Washington County, Sandersville, Georgia, and if you could share one nugget with them from your experiences and success to keep them motivated and to keep them going, what would you share with them? Um, I just tell them to continue following their dreams, I mean, and don't let anybody tell you what you can and can't do. I mean, you are your own person. Don't let people influence you, especially negative influences, because as you grow up, the haters going to come, but you just got to stay mentally strong and keep doing you. And that's it. Yep. And surround yourself around competitive people. Yeah, because they're going to drive you, get you where you need to be. Well, you know what? That's what I learned. And that's what I'm going to take with me moving forward on this day. Like I said earlier, uh, you could have spent your time anywhere you wanted to, but you decided to spend it with us, myself, and Mr. Strepthroat over there, plus-size model. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about that again. Somebody but, uh, get some Lysol. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> no, but we thank you. Uh, we thank everybody who tuned in to listen. We appreciate you coming by, and you are more than welcome. To come by whenever you want to next time you're back in the city. Thank y'all for having me. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Behind the Mask Podcast. Indulge, share, and subscribe to quality content. And we're everywhere. We're on YouTube. Make sure you scroll to the bottom. Click that little bell for notifications. We're on Google Play. We're on Spotify. And we're on Apple Music. Even on social media, we're going to make it easy for you. Follow at the BTM Podcast for your weekly fixings. And remember... There's only one rule. There are no rules. Let's Let's go go behind behind the mask. mask. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? 
That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.